the standard is to win every game, to win championships, to be the most dominant team on the field, the most physical, to have the best offense and the best defense on the field. Not because you got the best guys, but because you got the grittiest, meanest, ready to get after it, blue collar guys. And that stress of being champions is no longer something like we can attain. So the stress is off, but with that demotion comes those uh, insults or comes the, uh, uh, you know, the rough talk all over social media. And we got to respond in the sense of not, not looking at what we can't control, but looking at what we can. And we got to really focus on our relationships as, as coaches to players and players to players. You know, we really weren't ever playing for championships and wins, and that's not an excuse. That's just we were playing for the university and for the tradition and the culture and the team, and uh, we're playing for our coaches and trying to make them proud. And that's what's most frustrating. It's not like, oh, I don't care. If, me personally, like, I, I don't care if we win a game, if we win a championship, if we're national championships. If we do, that's wonderful. It's a blessing. It's great. But we – We've got to refocus on taking pride in what it means to be a Sooner. Who's that? Is that Ethan Downs? Ethan Downs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that well, was on the uh, Strengthening Oklahoma podcast. Give them credit there. Yeah, well said. Um, well said by him. Um, that is That is all true. I agree with all of it. Let's do it. Let's see it. Right? Yeah, no, I, and I, I'm not surprised to hear Ethan Downs uh, say that. He's always been consistent on saying uh, the right things. But, yeah, man, I, let, let's start seeing it from this defense. Let's start to see improvement from here on out for the rest of the year, man. Let's start to see them play with a, a little bit of edge and a little bit of attitude. I'm not talking about ripping off someone's helmet when the play is over, when you're close to getting a key stop. Um, not, let me see attitude. Let me see big hits. But – uh, maybe you can't play with attitude until you get confidence. Maybe your confident, like maybe your attitude and your edge comes from your confidence, which I don't think this defense has a lot of right now. It that's where that's where true confidence comes from. Confidence is not making a play and getting up and flexing on somebody and celebrating. Saw that, that is, on Saturday. That is not confidence, and I'm not. I'm not pointing that towards anyone or any play or any week in particular, but that's not it's not what confidence is. Like the only way you get confidence as a player is by knowing what you're doing 100% of the time without like there's no hesitation in the information. Like you know it 100% you're prepared. You know the adjustments. You know the alignments. You know the responsibilities. Whenever you know all of that, that is what confidence is. You only get confidence from preparation. You don't get it from anything else. Now, once you once you have all of that information behind you and all of that preparation, guess what happens? You make plays. And then after you make plays, it continues to build. But you have to recognize that it's happened not because you are some special individual. It's happened because you put in the required work to know everything that you're supposed to know and and be able to execute it. 
That's where it comes from. Yeah. Anything, any other type of confidence that anyone is talking about is fake. It's not real, and it won't last. <sighs> wow. This is the spot that you're in now. I, I, and I appreciate that from Ethan Downs, but like the text line saying, talk is cheap, go out there and prove it. And everyone's heard everything that they needed to hear all the way back until January. It's time to, for this team to start showing um, a lot of improvement. Yeah. It's time. Which, by the way, uh, looking at West Virginia a little bit more today, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. They are number one in the conference in fourth down conversions. Yay. Which you uh, saw some fourth down attempts last week. What Baylor was three for three on the day. West Virginia is 15 to 21 on fourth down, first in the conference, 71%. And they don't have a whole lot to lose on Saturday. And I'm going to guess if they got some spots to go for it on fourth down, they will not hesitate one bit to do so. Yep. Yep. They, um, they're actually they're good on third down too. They convert forty five percent of the time. That's the same as is where we are. Um, yeah, fourth down conversions number one. They've attempted twenty one of them, which is not the highest mark that that you'll see everywhere. Uh, Baylor's attempted thirty. Texas Tech, who we will see um, later, has attempted forty two of them, and these are all just in conference games only. Forty two first down or fourth down. Com- uh, attempted uh, conversions for Texas Tech. That's that's a lot. Uh, my midweek feel, I said OU 38, West Virginia 35. Where's your uh, midweek feel after picking OU to win by multiple scores last week? Is your confident shot? Do you not know how to pick this midweek game after last week? Um, I predict – I predict – OU minus eight. 40, 41, 41, 31. 40, whoo, Teddy's got another, cut, another cover for the Oklahoma Sooners. Another double-digit win for OU, winning by 10. Okay. Don't know. Don't as know what any, I'm – As if everyone else needed them, uh, something else to make them nervous. Don't know what I'm basing it off of. Well, I'm basing it off of, like, watching – West Virginia's offense in detail, and it's, in my opinion, not great. I think their offensive line is below average. I think their run game is really soft. Um, I think that they 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 don't get out in front of the chains very well at all because of what I consider to be a soft run game. Now they've had a couple of of games where they've run it well, but. You know, their the run defense isn't I mean it's 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 fourth in the conference, but I wouldn't say it's it's anything great. And I we should be able to run the ball on them a lot. We should be able to do whatever we want. Well them, and, and that's and, and that's the point. And the text line is saying, Yep, offense needs to put half a hundy minimum. We need to leave the touchback punting punter back home but that it it is a it's a great point because what did we what did we come up with yesterday the offense has turned the ball over seven times in the past three games right Mm -hmm. they have left a lot of opportunities on the field and the total yards and the points numbers will look fine but I think anyone who's watched this team closely the offense really hasn't hit on all cylinders in the past couple of games that needs to change on Saturday and we're going to sit here for the next three days and 
talk about how the defense needs to play better with edge, nasty, all that, and all of that is true. But, man, the offense, too, needs to go out and have a much better game than they've had the past two weeks. Yeah. And by much better game, again, the total yards and the points have looked fine. They, they can't just sour away drives like they have here recently. They have got to finish drives. They've got to be better in the red zone. They've got to be better on fourth and short. They've got to be better with the deep ball all the way around. Yeah. Because if the offense plays to the level that they had the past two weeks, turning the ball over, not finishing drives, uh, we'll have a tight football game on Saturday. I don't doubt that one bit. Yeah. Man, the wild thing is, like, our passing defense, it's it's not it's not that bad. Right? I'm not trying to sell anyone that it's good. Well, it's at least gotten better since yeah. you know when they really first started struggling against TCU. Guys are getting their head around. They're getting uh, hands on the football. They're getting some PBUs. Sure, the, yes. The problem is the running game, man. the The run fits and the adjustments have just absolutely eaten our lunch. Giving up 200 yards per game in conference play. 200 yards a game in conference play. Now. Here's the thing. Um, we're about to play the lower end of the conference in when it comes to rushing. Right, we've already played TCU, KSU, Baylor, Kansas. All right, those that's the top tier. We're number one actually. Um, but aside from us, we've played the rest of the top teams, and now we're about to play the rest of the bottom teams. We beat Iowa State. They're worst. Nine is Oklahoma State. Eight is Tech. Seven is West Virginia. So it would stand to reason that our rush defense statistically would improve, but we'll all have to see that to believe it. What does any of that matter? We beat ourselves every game this year. The biggest problem Saturday is our own nerves, says the text line. Okay. Totally. Well, I agree with that. I mean – I agree with it. We we beat ourselves, but you know we beat ourselves with all of the details that we've been talking about for a long time. Like the most the the reason I was so excited about Brent Venables getting the head coaching job is that I know how relentless he is when it comes to the details, and as he showed up and stated over and over, everything matters. And I totally agree that everything matters. The problem is the team doesn't agree that everything matters, at least not up until now. I mean, I know that everyone's saying the right thing and they're nodding their heads in agreement in team meetings, but on the field, whenever it's your chance to show that you truly believe that everything matters. It's not a detail-oriented team. It's not a detail-oriented team. And that – has been my that was my frustration with Oklahoma football pre-Venables, and so far it's been my frustration post-Venables, which is hard for me to navigate because I know that Brent Venables is the most detail-oriented person maybe on the earth. So I don't. That's what's frustrating to me is I don't know why the two are not married up. I don't know why the team. Not only are we not a detail-oriented football team, I think we're less detail-oriented than we were previously. Last in the conference in penalties. These are conference stats only that I'm throwing out, yeah. but they are last in the conference in penalties this year. 
which means they have the most penalties in the conference this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think everyone shared that same exact thought with you, and I totally bought into, and I'm really, maybe more than anything, this is what I'm most disappointed in, the fact that this team hasn't taken strides um, this late in the season. And it almost feels like in a lot of areas, or at least in some areas, they've regressed. I thought, if nothing else, you know, maybe they don't come out of the, the gate very strong, but this will team be, be a team that you'll be able to see the growth throughout the back end of the schedule. And I, no way, man. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh, and I'm, I'm shocked and really disappointed. Maybe more than anything, and if TextLine wants to do a, what you're most disappointed about, I guess, 405 651 3439. I'm most disappointed in their inability to take major strides as a program throughout this back half of the schedule. Yeah. It's disappointing. It's surprising. It's I, I, I don't get it. And yeah. It's not like they've been playing a bunch of top five and ten football teams this year where you've just been so out-talented there's no opportunity for you to see the growth. There has been very gettable teams on the schedule where you can show some growth. which just hasn't happened. Yeah. I... I... I mean, like, even in the Kansas game where you won, you know, you won that game by 10 points, and KU's at least going to have six games this year. But a disciplined football team, a detail-oriented team, probably wins that game by 21 points instead of 10 points. Right. I don't understand the red zone offense. I don't either. They're last in that as well. How is that possible? They are, let's see, 29 of 33, 87.9%. How many trips into the red zone do they have compared to the other teams in the league? Um, lowest. Lowest amount of red zone trips? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, they, they, they do hit on, or at least they were, they still do, hit on a ton of big plays for scores. Right. Like the conversion percentage were not last. Um, Oklahoma State's number one at 92.3%. We're number seven at 87.9. Of our uh, 33 attempts in, 24 have ended in touchdown. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what – when are the t- – like, we went – I remember going for it on fourth and goal before the half against – Kansas. Against Kansas. Yeah. Didn't get it on that. When are the other times that we didn't get it and we were in the red zone? Oh, man. Um, did Gabriel throw an end zone inside the 20 at some point this year? I, I'm kind of with you. I'm trying to remember the Eric exact. Gray Eric Gray fumbled. fumbled against Iowa State, yes. That was definitely so inside two. the 20. Um, did we have – Did it happen last week? No, the two – I don't think so. We're 5-5 five of five of field goals inside. Did, so there's, uh, there's did, four. did Zach Schmidt miss a field goal at Nebraska? Was that inside the 20? No, because it says field goals were 5-5 five of five in the red zone. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. So we got two of them. There's two other well, instances. We can move back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, red zone defense is interesting because they're ranked third in red zone defense, and I'm guessing that you're looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're 31 of 37 as a red zone defense. 83.8% ranks third in the conference. But they've allowed the most touchdowns and the second most trips inside the red zone in Big 12 play this year. Yeah. So if you're looking for like good, uh, good numbers defensively, you come across that when you say, oh, 
They're top three in red zone defense, okay. But if you dig into it a little bit more, they've given up the most touchdowns and the second most trips inside the inside the twenty, right. which is not what you want. Yep. So that number's a little skewed. Yep, I agree. I'm wondering if like two of the oh Texas, good point. They threw the interception. Texas, yeah. Yep. Two two of them against Texas, right? You got stuffed on the fourth and one, and you threw the interception on the OU uh, end of the Cotton Bowl when they tried to do the trick play. So, there you go. Thank you. Next yep. line. Yep. There you go. <sighs> Interesting. I don't know. It's um it's fascinating. Here's the thing though. I I fully believe that I I still fully believe that we will become a detail-oriented football team. I hope so. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen one way or another. Like if if you prove yourself to be a detail-oriented player, you're going to get opportunities. If you don't, they're going to be stripped away. And I think that, you know, as things kind of like you, you get bowl eligible and you've got a little security in that, I think that's whenever you could really start to see some big changes occurring. And I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason as well. I know Brent Venables is not going to – he's not going to continue to do something and not see results. Yeah. He'll figure it out. Uh, let's read a few texts before we hit a break. I'm most disappointed in our fan base. Turning on players and coaches, we're a bunch of spoiled and entitled babies. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just – I think it's okay to be disappointed in this year. Yeah, that's that's what happens – that's what happens everywhere, man. That's just that's part of being a fan. That's part of playing the sport. I mean, it's just it's built in. That's how it goes. I missed, I'm most disappointed in their inability to score at least 69 points <laughs> one time this season. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I am disappointed this team doesn't hate losing more than they love winning. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that they do, but there hasn't been enough guys figure out how to cure the the problem. I mean, I'm I I don't want to group the entire team into like a guy like Braden Willis. I think has been just absolutely incredible whenever it comes to to effort and details. Yeah, where would and, you be without that guy? I know. Like so, there's there's guys out there that have done a bunch of of really really good things. So I don't want to paint the entire team there, but. Unfortunately, you haven't hit the you haven't hit the critical mass where you've got more guys doing every little bit than you don't. And once you hit that that turnover points whenever it really starts to come together, we're just not there yet for some reason. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealer bringing you this hour of the rush. We're in the Brown O'Haver Studios today. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are the rush on the ref. Let's do a, a bit of an experiment here because I think there's a interesting situation that currently exists in the conference. Too bad OU's not involved. It'd be a lot of fun, but whatever. We'll do it anyway. All right. Uh, Texas and TCU in Austin this weekend. Uh, does Texas win that game? I think TCU is a better football team. Okay. I feel like they are starting to, I don't know, for whatever reason, f- not fall okay. apart, but I don't know. Th- they're not looking as dominant. Um, I still think TCU wins it, but. 
All that to say TCU's going to win. You I don't TCU's feel great gonna, about okay. it, yeah. Uh, TCU wins, Texas loses. Baylor at home against Kansas State this weekend. That game's in Waco. I'm taking Baylor. Okay, I agree with you there. All right, Texas at KU in a couple of weeks. Hard to say injury-wise and with, with Kansas, and I need to know whether Texas won or lost. I, if they beat TCU – I like them a lot better to beat Kansas. If they lose to TCU, I like Kansas to beat okay. Texas. So if that two, makes two sense. losses for the next two weeks for, for Texas. Sure. Uh, Baylor will play TCU at home in two weeks. Who wins that game? TCU. TCU, dang. Okay. You got them 11 and 0 then. All right. I, well, I don't know. I. Uh, they've got the best. They're going to have the best quarterback in all of those games, right? You agree? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, Texas has a ton of star power, but you know they've lost fourth quarter leads, and uh, TCU has the firepower to be able to come back on anyone. And if Texas starts to falter in the fourth. TCU is going to be a different machine offensively than Kansas State is. Uh, you like KSU to win at West Virginia in two weeks? Yes. Okay. So, one more for these three. Texas, uh, Baylor at home in Austin. You got, them, you got them losing their next two. Will they lose out with three consecutive losses? I think Baylor's better than Texas, but they're not going to lose. I'll, I'll have them winning okay. that game. They're not going to lose the – Final Texas three. beats Baylor, and then we have Kansas State and KU in Manhattan. Picking KSU? I guess. Okay. So let's see what you have. You got Texas going one and two the rest of the way. You got Baylor going two and one the rest of the way, and you got Kansas State going two and one the rest of the way. That eliminates Texas from the Big 12 championship race. So you have a tiebreaker between Baylor and Kansas State. We, we think Baylor Baylor's going to gonna beat Kansas State this weekend, so it'll be Baylor and TCU in the Big 12 championship game. I did the exact same thing before the show today, and I also have – I don't have the same win-losses, but I do have TCU playing Baylor. In the, in the conference championship. I think there's a chance Baylor could win out. They've got a tough three-game stretch. K-State at home, TCU at home, and at Texas. But I kind of feel like – I mean, I definitely feel the same way I did last week is they're starting to play their best ball. They are. They're in, you know, and they're, they're about to play the best teams in the conference. And uh, that's exactly what you want, a chance to play all the teams that are ranked ahead of you, right? And – the path is is laid out. All you gotta do is is win out, and it'd be a nice recovery to the season for Baylor, wouldn't it? Uh, just kind of limped out of the gate. The BYU lost turned into what was a bad loss. Lost back to back weeks against Oklahoma State, and then at West Virginia. I mean, if they had those two games back, gosh, um, I think they'd win both of them, especially Oklahoma. Make State's a field goal against BYU, apart. just that uh, their season might be a lot different. Yep, a whole lot different. That's right. Patrick just sent us a text of Mike Morgan mm -hmm. with a graphic of future snowfall. And for Oklahoma City, it says 3.2 inches. Now, it doesn't say the day on this picture that Patrick sent us, but he's saying three inches of snow on Monday. Bedlam snow would be awesome if we got more of it on that day. I didn't realize, I have not looked at the extended forecast. 
I did not realize that there were three inches of snow in the forecast. But I guess that that is upon us. Because I ran outside to get a quarter that I did not find, and it feels awesome today. No, it's nice, and it's going to be, let's see, we've got uh, 80% chance of storms tomorrow, and then it's going to cool off. Like whenever that front comes through, Friday, super windy, high of 51, Saturday and Sunday high uh, in the high 40s, low 50s, and then Monday a high of 40, low of 32 with 60% chance of that's, this says snow, but we all know that, that it's not going to be snow by the time it gets here, and we won't at most get a dusting. So so you're saying Mike Morgan is just selling fear on this Wednesday afternoon? Well, I'm sure the current models show you that, but it's going to change a lot between now and then, and it typically changes to less, not more. Well, sorry for all of you out there hoping for Bedlam snow. But um, Bedlam's going to be chilly. Now, this my 10-day doesn't go through Saturday, but Friday, the day before, low of 28, high of 45. <laughs> high of 28? No, it, low of 28, or, me, high of 45. Low of 28. If it's 28 degrees the next day for Bedlam, that'll be fun to look at. It'll be um, 100 degrees cooler from the last regular season game of the year to the first uh, home <laughs> game of the year. Or the last home game of the year to the first home game of the year. A hundred yeah. degree difference, man. Do we know kick time on Bedlam? Um, I I almost fell for a fake report on Bedlam mm-hmm. because some people were quote tweeting today like Bedlam in prime time, six thirty on ABC. Let's go. I was like, let's go ABC. It was a tweet from uh, twenty twenty that everyone was uh, quote tweeting. Yeah, I was about to. It say. got me for half of a second. I was like, mm. I. Maybe prime time on FS1, <laughs> not, ESPN Plus, not prime time on ABC. Yeah. Not happening. Well, hey, if you play on ESPN Plus again, maybe you can you, you can name your own game time. You know what? Uh, if I don't care if we're on ESPN Plus, like if we can play that game in prime time, sign me up. I you need to play that game in prime time. That's going to be a, a big recruiting weekend for OU. Yeah. If everyone shows up and doesn't. Uh, Say at the last minute, oh, I got to watch film with my team on Saturday morning. Sorry, I can't make it. And then flip to Texas a couple of days later. Yeah. We'll be all right. We're going to close out a really solid recruiting class, Tyler. Come Which, on, by man. the way, David Hicks is uh, visiting Oregon this weekend. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's not all that committed to A&M, sounds like. Uh, no, but the random visit to Oregon is um, – God, it's it's just – we, we came up with a theory today that Oregon is one of those schools to where if you just visit them, officially or unofficially, whatever, it is almost a threat to the current school that you're committed to that you better raise the price a little bit or Oregon's going to match whatever offer you have on the table. Yeah. Which, what a wild scenario that is now, if that's the case. Kids are going on other visits to help drive up their own price. I know. It's wild. Uh, yeah. Crazy. It's a crazy world that we, uh, we live in with college football these days. We'll see where it goes. Um, we, need to have, we need to have a solid end of the season. And we need to have a really big uh, signing day. And we need to have uh, a lot of construction going on. And we need a lot of transfer portal uh, combing uh, going on. I, it's going to be a very, very, very busy offseason around here. 
Jason Orange County, what if OU wins and Texas loses this weekend? Something to think about. We will have the same record 6-4, and four, and it seems like both trending in opposite directions, at least per the fan bases. Mm. OU wins and Texas loses. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it is still interesting to think about Texas is – like starting to gather all of this momentum, it feels like, but still a six and three, still team. six win football team. So, like, that's six win football team, and they're playing um, TCU, which you know their record against TCU is awful. Is awful. I guess Sark is one and zero against them, but outside of that, they have not no. had TCU's but, number. But it is an interesting point by Chase in Orange County, and we've already seen this a couple of times this year with Texas. Is and the first time was, well, they barely lost to Alabama. And the thought was, oh, ho, 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 ho. here comes Texas. They got all this momentum right now. Watch out. And then they lose on the road at Tech, and it goes away, right? They're all of a sudden a bad football team again. Right. And then they beat OU 49 nothing, and the thought is, yep, all right, here comes Texas. They're back, baby. In contention for the Big 12 title. They're playing a lot better. Here they come. And then they lose to Oklahoma State. Right. And it all goes away, and now they're all of a sudden a bad team again. But then they go on the road and win in Manhattan, and here we are back again at the same place we've already been a couple times this year. Whoa, 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 watch out. Texas Texas in contention for the Big 12 title. They got all this momentum, all this re- recruiting momentum. They're 6-3, and three, watch out. And I'm going to guess that the exact same thing happens that happened at Tech and that happened at Oklahoma State. I know it's not a road game for Texas, but they have a unique ability to be brought right back down to earth just as soon as everyone hypes them up. It's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. And they're going to be facing the, the best team that they've played this year, other than Alabama, but different circumstances. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm still not a believer at all in Texas. Some people are. Vegas is. And Vegas was – they were right on the Kansas State game. I don't know how. Adrian Martinez fumbled late. That's how. Twice. But, yeah. Twice he did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's um, like Texas is – they got TCU, they got Kansas, and they got Baylor. And it's going to be a tough gauntlet for them to run. And like I said, if they lose to TCU, I think they lose to Kansas. Yeah, well, if – They may lose to Kansas anyways. Well, here's the deal. I'll, I'll one-up you on that. You, if they lose to TCU, they'll lose to Kansas. Well, if they lose to Kansas, they're going to lose to Baylor the last game of the year. They will have, had, they will have zero to play for. They're, they're in that home game. It's a Friday after Thanksgiving. Baylor is likely in that spot playing for a trip to the conference championship game. Yeah. Baylor will be rolling in that game playing their best football. Most likely, at least what I think. Let, so. me, let me ask you a question. Um, Kansas at Tech, who wins? Um, I'd love to know if Jalen Daniels is playing or not. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say Kansas in a close one. Kansas and Texas at home? Uh, I'm going to take Kansas. Kansas at K-State? Oh, I think K-State wins that game. Golly, I got KU 8-4. I don't feel good about that, saying that well, out loud. Here's the thing. If they were to win out and beat Texas, Kansas State, and Tech, they would finish at six and three. That might get them in the conference championship game. Depending on what happens Maybe. with Baylor, they got a chance to make the conference championship game. So, uh, 
pretty wild. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is the ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave is... Stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Well, the first thing I'm looking at is Heisman uh, odds. C.J. Stroud is the overwhelming favorite. Then Hendon Hooker. Then Blake Corum, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett, Bo Nix, and then Drake May. Hmm. Uh, I would not put money on Hendon Hooker because he's not going to play in an SEC championship game. I think he's going to have to to win the trophy. C.J. Stroud, it's kind of almost feeling like if he beats Michigan and they win the Big Ten Championship, it's going to be his award. Right. Feel that way to you? Uh, Yes. And the point of this is why is Drake May at North Carolina not getting more attention? Oh, come on. You know the answer to that. Everyone knows the attention to that because he plays at North Carolina. I know, but – his numbers are incredible. And to be fair, I, it, it is crap that because he plays for North Carolina, that's the case. But go find the greats. And you could say the same thing about USC. Trust me, I know mm-hmm. that. But North Carolina, like, they had their opportunity. They should have beaten Notre Dame. If they beat Notre Dame um, about a month ago or so, whenever that was, then I think the, the thought around them is a lot different. But they just right. don't have any great wins on their resume. I get that. Totally understand. But for anyone that hasn't seen his stats, he's a redshirt freshman quarterback at North Carolina. 71% completion percentage, 2,964 yards, uh, both of those uh, much better than C.J. Stroud, 31 touchdowns better than C.J. Stroud, three interceptions better than C.J. Stroud, uh, rushing numbers, he's added four touchdowns rushing. Total of 35 touchdowns. Better than C.J. Stroud across the board in every category except for quarterback rating where C.J. Stroud's number one in the country and Drake May's number well, two. Maybe welcome to another year in college football where the best player in the sport doesn't actually win the most prestigious uh, individual award that college football has to right. offer. Well, um just the the point is is that this kid is flying under the radar and so's North Carolina at 8 and 1 which is incredible and th- that's kind of my next thing is the um the 12 team playoff like if you were to look at it right now 12 team playoff is awesome uh which we know the the first four games to be played at home sites USC would be hosting Alabama. More Alabama fans would be in the Coliseum than USC fans. No doubt. Tulane uh, would be going to play Michigan. Hmm. Uh, Tennessee would be hosting Ole Miss. be sweet. LSU would be hosting Clemson. That would be awesome. So that would be your first round for your 12-team playoff field. Yeah. That's what I got. Um, I've got a couple here. First, I, I saw a tweet on Monday, and it was someone asking College Game Day, 
to go to Arkadelphia, Arkansas this weekend and spotlight the greatest, most unique D2 rivalry. I didn't know anything about this, and I haven't looked huh. into it any other than the, just this tweet. The Battle of the Ravine is played between Washita Baptist and Henderson State. Why is it the most unique D2 rivalry in college football? Because they're in the same city. They're in both in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, and the visiting team in the game walks to the game from their own locker room because apparently the proximity of the two schools are so close. They walk to their own locker room to the visiting stadium because it's walking distance. I had that, no idea about this. That is awesome. Haygood Stadium and Cliff Harris Stadium are very close by. That's really cool. That is very, very cool. Um, unless the weather's bad, then the walk, uh, just take the bus, just take the bus. That's really cool. I like that. I do too. The entire landscape of the AFC may have changed, uh, after Josh Allen, I guess he's got some UC damage, ligament damage, UCL ligament damage. And I don't have to tell anyone that the Bills will take a big hit if Josh Allen is not available for several weeks. The Bills look like a front runner in the AFC, but that's going to change if Case Keenum has to win him several several games down the stretch. Right. Um, yeah, that changes things for sure. Um, you know, you don't want to start dropping games, lose that home field advantage in the playoffs. But I don't know for whatever reason. I feel like feel like he's going to be okay and even though he's you know arguably some people may say he's the best quarterback in the NFL that team is built around more than him they've, they've got a really good all-around football team they'll be yeah. able to they'll be able to make their way yeah I don't know if they're gonna win a Super Bowl without Josh Allen no. actually I know that they can't win a I don't know that I don't think that they can win a Super Bowl without Josh Allen so that's pretty critical so Going into last weekend's slate of games, there were two programs since 2017, two Power 5 programs since 2017 that hadn't played in a bowl game. One was Kansas, and the other is Nebraska. Well, Kansas mm-hmm. won their sixth game on Saturday. They're going to go to a bowl game. So Nebraska remains the only Power 5 program since 2017 to have not played in a bowl game. And if they lose on Saturday, that streak will be extended by at least one more year. Nebraska already has six losses this regular season. If they lose on Saturday, they are officially out of bowl contention for this year, for the fifth consecutive season. And who do they have? Uh, Who does Nebraska have this weekend? Oh, they're at Michigan. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. They're not going to win that one. Man, they'd have to go Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa to win out. Uh, in order to get to their six game or six uh, wins, ain't happening. I don't know how much uh, last one I have. I don't know how much election coverage you watched last night, but I guess former Georgia star Herschel Walker mm-hmm. in is in a runoff in the uh, state of Georgia. How about that? Who is the most favorite, or who's who's the most famous, notable Sooner to go on uh, to politics after their playing or coaching career? J.C. Watts got to be right. Yeah. Is there anyone else that's Oh, I'm sure there's definitely other names. I feel like JC's the most notable now. Oh, notable though. Yeah, that uh, definitely the most notable for me. I'm sure there's others out there that um, that we can't think of. But yeah, that's that's Jack Mildren's definitely another one. Sure. Oh, he, yes. I didn't know he did. Huh? How about that? All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the refs. Zoeok.com. 
Are you looking out the back window and you see missing panels on your fence? Perhaps your fence is leaning over or being held up by a 2x4. It's time to call Van Hoos Fence, the metro area's premier residential and commercial fence company. Van Hoos delivers professional craftsmanship at an affordable price. From custom orders to prefabricated products, Van Hoos does it all. Call them today, 405-735-1167 or see their work on vhfence.com. Citra, Oklahoma, Buick, GMC dealer. Dealers, I should say. Bring you this hour of the rush. Any scuttlebutt on if uh, Spencer Sanders is going to be back this weekend? The betting line would tell me that he's not if Iowa State is favored in Stillwater. But that's just a guess of mine. I I would guess not. I didn't – what was the um, – didn't get to see any of the game – Last week, what did they say on the broadcast? Was there any mention of it? I or? didn't go back and watch the broadcast. There wasn't really a reason to because they got beat by, was it 21 points? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. They got handled pretty well. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm they may guessing... lose out if he doesn't come back. Yeah, I think so. That was not a great debut for freshman Garrett Rangel. Yeah. That's, that's going to be Three tough picks. on them going to be tough on them to insert those kids I mean you're that's what happens you go from a fifth year senior to a couple of young kids that haven't played at all um massive difference you know who was at the OU game on Saturday yeah. uh, I, uh Jimmy Johnson the NASCAR driver or ex-NASCAR driver oh, really? I, I don't know if he still drives or not I don't follow NASCAR but knew he's a big OU fan I guess he was sitting up in the uh, club seats uh on the east side on Saturday he married a girl from Muskogee. I don't know if he's still married to her, but that's interesting. Yeah, he's just hanging out in the club level. I wonder if anyone rec- – I'm sure someone recognized who he was, but how many people recognized who he was? Hey, Jimmy. Well, I, I hated to see what happened in turn three yesterday. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I couldn't – he could come up and start a conversation with me. Would have no idea who I, he was. I uh, the exact same thing. Would it, I? I know the name, and I know that he accomplished a lot in the NASCAR circuit, but would couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Skinny, dark-headed, bearded fella is all I remember. Which, um, that's, yeah, that's the entire starting <laughs> yeah. grid for the, this it week's is. NASCAR race. Yeah, it is. Uh, Graham Harrell is the West Virginia offensive coordinator. I forgot about that's that right. till this week. I also forgot about uh, this until today. First trip to Morgantown since Kyler Murray was the quarterback. That's right. It was uh, canceled in 2020, yep. wasn't it? It has been a while. And this first, is probably – it's been a while, and this is probably the last time. First non-night uh, game that you've played up there since they've joined the conference, which is also weird. And I'm not mad about it, frankly. Not too mad about it. I'm glad we're uh, getting in, getting out. Atmosphere just seems like it's 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 okay up there. Normally OU plays up there on Thanksgiving weekend, so you don't get the full effect. Students but. are kind of gone. Um, but it's it's got a decent atmosphere to it. It's a really cool stadium cut into the side of a hill. Um, you know, it's wild. If they, they get a big win there, it's a party school. There is no doubt about that. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. we got the final hour next. Stay with us.
1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed.